I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think there's someone that won't be buying Valkyrie's King Tesla. I'm a testament to the scam that is the beauty industry. Look at at these paws. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Watch Time. As we return for another week after uh, unfortunately missing last week due to general life hecticness and also the fact that right now we don't have a studio because we're in between offices. So things are a little bit messy, but we're back this week and- We're out of lockdown. We're out of lockdown now. Exactly. That was probably the other reason for missing the episode is it was our first week out of lockdown. Things to do, bars to go to, people to see. Elliot is one of those people that like loves a night out. You know, like I've never known Elliot to not love a night out. I've never known Elliot to want to end a night early and it was like 10 p.m. And I was like, I'm ordering dessert. And you were like, I literally cannot move. You were like, I am <laughs> struggling to hold myself upright right now. And I was like, are you all right? Yeah, I was at the I was, he was at like, the table. no, I am not all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was an interesting first week. But we're warming back up and we're getting into it. And it was so annoying because after our last Watch Time episode, literally, I think it was, I don't know if it was on the same day we recorded or the day after we recorded, there was probably some of the biggest news that has happened in the gaming industry in a very long time. And that's going to be our second thing that I feel like we have to give our thoughts and opinions on. Yeah, the which Twitch was leak, The obviously. Twitch leak, which apparently that was only some of the info they had, so it could get even bigger. Um, but first thing we wanted to chat about today was Valkyrie. And she literally today, actually, just announced her new skincare makeup line. line, skincare line. I don't... Is it skincare and makeup? It seems like a blend of skin skincare. Skincare, I believe. It- Valkyrie released her skincare line today on Twitter and YouTube. The line is called Reflect. And basically the kind of crux of the product is that it's a new um, kind of screen protection skincare product, which is basically like, you know, people wear blue light glasses for when they're spending a lot of time in front of screens. Um, this line of skincare apparently has like, you know, technology within it that is meant to protect your skin and eyes also from um, technology. Technology. (laughs) The line's called Reflect. It's apparently going to be stocked in Ulta, which is like a massive um, drugstore line across the US and Canada. I think that's a pretty big deal. And I think like it's always interesting to kind of unpack when creators are launching products themselves and starting businesses themselves. She's listed as a co-founder. <laughs> Apparently it's been two years in the making, which is which is pretty interesting. What were your thoughts when you first saw this? Yeah, I'll give you I mine. mean, I initially thought it was, you know, I obviously saw the announcement of kind of uh, the, the skincare headline first and the makeup headline first. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. Huge female creator doing a skincare brand, like not unheard of, definitely happened before and um, and is kind of like a pretty logical mm-hmm. large product expansion. Um, then I saw Blue Light and the Blue Light one's interesting to me. And I actually, I'm fully not going to claim to be an expert on it in any way. I just know that this is where a lot of the controversy has kind of come from because ultimately the big kind of point of differentiation and ultimately the entire point of the product 
um, is the protection it gives you against blue light, which would largely mean that the demographic they're targeting is female gamers, Mm -hmm. which just as like an interesting point, obviously that is still a huge demographic, but also in the overall market space is still semi and niche. So I thought that was just from a, you know, general point, kind of interesting that they decided to target uh, a group like that instead of going full broad makeup um, kind of objective. Again, this isn't me uh, fully, you know, claiming to know anything about blue light or not know it or, you know, one way or the other, but I do know a large amount of the controversy and there has actually been in only the few hours after the announcement, a little bit of uh, backlash and conversation around the science behind blue light and the fact that there actually, there isn't really any, I think, concrete evidence of it being bad. There's evidence of obviously it changing skin cells, but apparently it's used to do stuff like treat acne and actually can have like very positive, it can be used for positive effects. And obviously like anything, there are positives and negatives. Um, And a lot of people kind of talking and uh, it's really spun up a lot of conversation around apparently what is a bit of like a a Hollywood LA trend where um, a lot of new products really get launched off the back of, uh, I guess, what a lot of people refer to as pseudoscience. Yeah. You know, where it's kind of like, oh, you know, like oh, the 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 glutens, they're not, the, the glutens are going to get you, that kind of thing, you know, like anything where it's kind of like there's conversation about yeah. it and there's kind of uh, a maybe a prevailing uh, a public opinion or conversation, but not necessarily the hard uh, science to back it up. Mm. But it is then marketed as hard science. Yeah. Obviously. Me, I think there's two important things I want to unpack Firstly, is the product itself and why someone would launch a product like this and why they've done it in the way they have. And then the demographic. And I think to touch on what you were just speaking about, the product itself, I agree. I have to say, and like, I don't want to be a skeptic, but I read the blue light technology thing and I was like, this kind of feels like a little bit of a gimmick, I have to say. And and a gimmick is okay, actually. Like, I don't want to shit on that because I think we live in an extremely uh, materialistic world where there are so many products. And skincare is a competitive market to get into, super competitive. She is not the first person. She may be the first girl in the gaming world to launch a skincare line, but I think she's not the first person stop. She's certainly not the first creator. Um, and it's a crowded market. And I think I can imagine when they were thinking about, okay, what kind of product makes sense for Valkyrie? What fits with the fact that she's a girl, she's a gamer. How can we find like a feminine product that has the potential to sell a lot, that has the potential to be distributed in that sort of way and has the potential to be differentiated in some way. And I think like now, Whenever people are launching a product, you do need to have a point of differentiation and it can't just be pretty packaging. It has to be like, you know, if you're launching an alcohol brand, it now has to be organic wine or it has to be like cruelty free or has to be, there has to be like a sticking point. An X factor. An X factor as to like, this is our product and this is why it's different from every other product. Otherwise, you're just another person launching another skincare line. And what do you know about that? You know, and to be frank, probably not much, like, which is fine, which is totally fine. Unless you're a Kylie Jenner, your product really needs to have something that is like very unique about it that 
pulls it apart from the competition. And I think in this instant, with her brand and what she's known for and who she is, I think it makes sense that they would try to make it something like tech gaming related. Yeah. Um, now, here's where I think that can also lead to some cons, and I think it feeds into the demographic here. This is a very specific niche that they're hitting. They're hitting people that are concerned about too much screen time, which I think people are concerned about a lot of screen time, but I've never heard that sort of come into a skincare conversation before. And maybe Normally the conversation about screen time is don't spend as much time in front right. of a screen, not right. protect yourself while you spend more. But I more. think, um, yeah. and that's where I think it comes into a really interesting point around demographics and why I'll be really curious to see how this product performs, both with her audience and beyond. So I think to first consider her audience um, and, you know, for a lot of our viewers that may not know, um, gaming is a highly male-dominated viewership across the board. It doesn't matter if you're a female gamer. It doesn't matter if you're a male gamer. The majority of people watching gaming content are male. For most of the creators that we represent, I would say across the board, 85 to 95% of their audiences are male which means only like 5 to 15% of their audiences are female. Now, that doesn't mean that I think there isn't a space for really good female creators because I think there is, and I think creators like Valkyrie show that. She's brilliant as a female creator. I would still be surprised if she had a mostly female audience. I think she is still a highly dominantly male-audienced creator. And that is where I think is really interesting because when you're creating a product, you're obviously wanting to ideally create something that you're going to be able to sell to the maximum amount of people in your audience. To me, I don't know. I I don't think skincare is a big category for men. I don't think it's a big category for young men. And um, I think the way that this feels marketed, it doesn't feel super feminine, but it does feel more feminine than masculine. Yeah, I mean, skincare products by default. More feminine. The amount of skincare products that you and my other sisters have gifted me at various points that I do use occasionally, but I'm not burning through them super quickly. Funny story. Last Christmas, I was like, I'm going to get Elliot some skincare for Christmas. And I went to Aesop, really nice skincare brand. And I walked in there and I'm like, and she's like, what can I help you with? I'm like, I'm wanting to get some skincare for my brother. And she was like, do you think he could do like a four or like a five step routine? I was like, Absolutely not. One step, one I'm step like, maximum. We've got to be doing like a max two, I think. I'm like a cleanser, moisturizer situation. Like, I'm not trying to be a cheapskate here. He's just not going to. Oh, use is that it. what the cleanser thing is? I haven't opened that one yet. Are you serious? I, I'm, yeah, I do the moisturizer like fortnightly. Dude, it's October. It's 10 months after Christmas. Okay, maybe more like monthly. But like. What do you mean? Is that what the cleanser is? Well, like, I occasionally open the cupboard and I'm like, oh, that thing's there. And I'm like, oh, little dip. And then I go like that. And then... Are you real? Yeah. Dude, it's worse than I thought. No, look, I think there's someone that won't be buying Valkyrie's my skincare skin, line. My skin is beautiful. <laughs> I am a testament to the scam that is the beauty industry. Look at, the, look at these pores. Yeah. See, see, look at, look at any, any, any issue here. Nothing. It's because I'm all natural, baby. And I'm all about that blue light blasting into my face for 12 hours a day. Let blue light into your life. That's why I don't maybe that's why I've never really got acne. All right, let's go back on track now. Okay. 
Um, and really interesting considering her demographic. Um, I do think it, a product like skincare probably cuts out quite a bit of her audience as opposed to other products you could do. But to her credit, I also think gaming creators have not done a great job of creating products when you compare that to other sort of categories. Yeah. Like I think if you look at the beauty influencers, the lifestyle influencers, they've come out with such an array of products and been so so successful, like all the beauty influencers with their makeup palettes and that sort of thing. Wild. Hasn't really been done in gaming, I don't think. I can't think of many great examples where people have come out with gaming products or yeah. products related to that demographic that have really performed well. I think that's harder because they're generally tech products. They require a lot more R&D. Like you can't just come out with a keyboard if you're a great gamer and be like, yeah, buy this keyboard because honestly it's going to be hard for you to beat like a Ducky or a Razer. On that, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the product um, performs in Ulta stores. They're obviously trying to make this a mass appeal product that's going to be sold beyond her audience. That makes sense that they're trying to do that. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it performs in a more mainstream market. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very interested. I mean, again, I do know from the few times that I have been dragged into a skincare store with a girl who's trying to purchase a bunch of stuff. You guys buy some weird niche stuff. Like I'm out here maybe looking at using a moisturizer every now and again, but Dude. people are buying like, oh, I need this for this. Like very like specific. You got to get your toner. You got to get your serums. Literally, you got to get your vitamin I mean. C. That's what I mean. You got to get your oil, your moisturizer. You're all victims of the capitalist something I'm machine. I'm a victim. <laughs> um, Sign but- me up. Take me down. <laughs> so, like, so, like, I wonder, is a blue light-specific protection thing going to be, like, I guess, important enough to someone's overall routine where they're going to want to pick that up? Like, I feel like you would need to, you know, that that's the kind of thing you might be like, okay, what, do I put this on for three hours during my gaming sessions and then take it off if I'm going out later? I'm interested to see how it goes. Um, but for me... I probably would not. And I think it's really interesting because I actually think consumers are getting a lot more informed at the moment over products that they're purchasing. And I think um, the level of education around skincare generally has increased quite a lot. People are interested in active ingredients and that sort of thing in skincare. And that's something like I would take note of as a consumer. Um, So for me, blue light, I'd probably want to understand a bit more about that. Yeah. One, the negative effects of blue light that are causing me. And two, is this product really protecting me from blue light before I bought into it? But I am generally skeptical. Game for 20 plus years. No blue light protection. My skin's beautiful. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. (sighs) I am the research. But I want to close out this topic by saying I always have the utmost respect for people that are out there trying new things yeah, all for a good critical analysis. And I love unpacking things and like thinking about why they might work or why they might not work. But mm. at the end of the day, bloody good for her. Hustling, and making moves. What I want to emphasize as well, her engagement on Twitter. Huge. Unmatched almost. The stands. It is unbelievable. It's like a different world. I've noticed a bunch of people in different ecosystems, a lot of even like Minecraft YouTubers, where they will get 40,000 likes on a tweet. Easy. But their YouTube videos get like 20,000 views. Why is that? I don't know. 
I think we're going to need to make a whole topic of it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But that's our take on Valkyrie and the new skin makeup line. Let us know what you think down below. And now we're going to move on to our next topic, which is Twitch is going down. The Twitch lake. Your head has been literally under a rock for the last two weeks. You would have definitely heard about the Twitch leaks, but in the event that a couple of you have had your heads under a rock, long story short, a post was made on 4chan by someone who had effectively just said, hey, I've literally got the largest data breach, basically, of, I literally want to say of any modern company in history. I, I cannot think of a breach this big happening. It was big. Ever. It was huge. A lot of the time we hear about... Yoge. <laughs> Yoge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No more coffee for you. Um, That's three today. Yeah. A lot of the time when data breaches happen to big websites, it's things like, oh, our user list was leaked or up, which is, you know, like all the passwords and emails that people register with somehow got yeah. leaked, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I don't know if we've ever seen a leak where it was like the website code, the yeah. backend code. It was like, this it is was, everything. It was literally like if you had the ability to access every single file that is related to Twitch ever, everything from revenue earnings to upcoming projects to the source code to it, it, was, it was just, just completely like, insane. Shh, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> when, I, when I saw, oh, Twitch has been hacked, data breach, I was like, oh, time to change my password. Yeah. I that's my understanding of a hack. I did not know a hack could be this big. Yeah. Insane. There was a few key things that came out of it that were generating the most attention, definitely online. And the first has to be the earnings list. This is like pretty unbelievable. Yeah. So when when this earning list leaked, it was basically the past 24 months revenue for basically every single creator on Twitch. Now, granted, this is their revenue for um, dona bit donations, subscriptions, and ad revenue. So it doesn't include donations that are made via, you know, like a Streamlabs PayPal. type website, yeah. PayPal kind of stuff. But that would probably still be a relatively overall large chunk of their earnings. It's basically 100% accurate. Yeah, it was it was effectively confirmed by the streamers to be 100% accurate, which is honestly a pretty huge breach of privacy. For a lot of people. So mass massive. But also was, uh, what I found most interesting about it was the breadth of reactions. Yeah. And there was like a lot of memeing going on where people were like, oh, I'm number two. Oh, number eight. Why don't you donate some money to me? Because I'm only number 13. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like everyone was like looking at, because it was fully ranking people on how much they'd earned. Um, and the takes were super interesting. For some people, it was, uh, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe how much money people are making. For others, it was, why are you people surprised? Literally, take their publicly available sub numbers, multiply it by roughly three, and yeah. then add a little bit for ad revenue. You can kind of figure it out yourself. Um, I think, you know what I thought the, the interesting take was? The prevailing take from most YouTubers I know and from chatting to um, people was, oh, only... X amount. Like the me. number, the numbers were not as high 
as I would have thought. Now, don't get me wrong. That is a lot of money. And those top streamers, they're making more money than me. But here's the thing as well. Like, uh, if you're a YouTuber, you know how much big YouTubers make. And yeah. the big YouTube gamers, if you're one of the top people on the platform, you will easily be making millions of dollars a month. Yeah. Quite easily. Like, if you're, if you're someone who's pushing into the hundreds of millions of views each month, it is very easy to be making you know, say 20 million plus a year on ad revenue. Insane. You do have to be one of the biggest on the platform. But what I found interesting is you've got these huge names, people mm. like XQC, for example. So he was number two, I believe, in the overall rankings. Mm -hmm. And he is consistently pulling 60 to 100,000 concurrent viewers, no matter what he's doing, no matter what he's playing, no matter anything. And he was the second highest earning person on the entire platform. And in two years... I believe it listed his revenue as slightly over $8 million. Mm. Obviously, that's Huge. a lot of money. But for a platform that is as big and as known as Twitch and uh, and for their second highest earning content creator, I really would have expected a higher number. Genuinely. I, I agree. When I first looked at it, I was like, "This they must be missing a few. Well, yeah. Because, it, yeah, it wasn't nearly as high as I thought it would be. Certainly when you compare, yeah, the earnings potential on YouTube, it didn't seem as significant as I thought it would. No. And then I think one of the other really interesting things that came out of the leak, which I feel like didn't get as much attention as it should have, was the do not ban list. Mm. Now, the do not ban list is in regards to the fact that Twitch is obviously a platform with many, many creators on it. Any social media platform if you break the terms of service, you will be suspended. Your account will be suspended. Most, almost any big platform now has a number of automatic mechanisms which pick up content that breaches the terms of service, whether that be sexually explicit content, whether that be racist content, whether that be animal cruelty, whatever, and it will automatically kick in their suspension policies or termination policies. Now, it appears that Twitch obviously had this list of accounts that would circumnavigate that process and would not fall through that normal process. People on this list included Tyler One, included Ricegum, um, both of whom were there with the explanation of escalate before suspension. And it, and it literally had the email of the person that, you know, you were escalating it to. Other people on the list... Um, which was kind of funny, was the founder of Twitch who his reason next to his name was CEO slash founder, do not suspend for any reason ever. <laughs> I was like, for literally any reason ever. I think it literally said literally. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Like, in, in event of breach, escalate to CEO of Twitch, owner of channel. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just there typing his own reason. I deem myself suspend. innocent. <laughs> Um, and I think it's really interesting because you get an insight into this company that started as a startup a while ago, but not yeah. that long ago. And they probably have a whole heap of these lists and processes and explanations in place, like do not suspend for literally any reason ever, that are, that are there as a legacy. And they probably just have never changed. And as things have moved really fast, yeah. it's been put at a lower priority. 
And then I think it comes to light and people are like, whoa, like yeah. that feels unfair. Especially you know? especially interesting with platforms like Twitch because there is so much controversy around their banning process. Mm. Some people will make very small infractions and be knocked off for a month. Other people will literally do like awful things or say awful things, get a little 24-hour slap on the wrist or nothing at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that definitely wasn't a good look for Twitch. I think that level of data breach was, I mean, again, like we've said, it's unprecedented. And I, I, I struggle to understand how a company, especially one that is tied to Amazon, who you think would have, you know, they, they are the largest digital online operating company mm. in the world, I think you could probably say, or at least close to. So you think they would have very strict processes. Well, that's the thing. I was reading that they don't. And while Twitch is owned by Amazon, they still operate very much in a silo. And there's been a number of ex-employees that have come out and basically said their security practices were very lax for mm. a platform of their size and, and of the nature of what they're doing. And employees coming out and saying, like, I left Twitch a year ago and I still have employee privileges on my Twitch account, things like that, like where they clearly were just not taking care of things in the way yeah. that, say, like a Google was, where, you know, you hear these stories about Google and YouTube where, like, no one knows anything more than, like, point five percent of the point oh five percent of the algorithm mm. whereas at twitch it was apparently very possible for almost anyone to go in and like take that kind of code it just shows you know, these companies are all very human mm. and i think um it was really interesting seeing that leak and then also seeing the facebook leaks that have happened um over the last few weeks and I'm going to recommend a podcast by the Wall Street Journal. They've just done a six-part series on the Facebook leaks that have happened. But this ex-Facebook employee who has leaked a whole bunch of internal documents that basically... And is about to get sued to living hell. <laughs> um, but, but that basically acknowledged that Facebook and Instagram acknowledge that they have significant negative mental health impacts on people, especially young girls. And then they also leaked similar lists where they had these basically white lists or do not ban lists where there was a whole heap of people that included celebrities, high-level politicians, yeah. all different sorts of people that for whatever reason could basically do or say whatever they wanted on the platform and um, not be banned or have to go through significant additional sort of levels of review before they were banned. And one of those people included a super famous footballer who actually um, posted basically some really sensitive information about his ex-wife on Facebook. Um, and, and it was basically, you know, known as like revenge porn. Um, and that person was on one of the do not the do not ban lists. And it had to go through multiple levels of review. It was initially flagged and then it was like had to go through this period. And over this period, apparently the content was seen by millions and millions of people. Mm. It was ultimately deemed that it shouldn't have been on there. It was a bannable offence. Um, but because of these processes, he wasn't. So while from a platform perspective, how you deal with that sort of thing is a complex issue. And I would really encourage everyone to go listen to this podcast, but Obviously, these platforms need to have automatic processes in place that take down inappropriate content. Now, sometimes they're going to take down content that is not inappropriate, that mm. it's been incorrectly flagged. And I think it's been highlighted that on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm sure Twitch, there is a lot of co content 
that is flagged and taken down that shouldn't have been taken down. And I think that's like part of the price they pay when you have those processes in place. You think, okay, if it's taking down the stuff that really shouldn't be seen by people and it means that sometimes we accidentally take stuff down that shouldn't have been taken down, that's okay because the risk of leaving stuff up up that shouldn't be up is greater than the risk of taking things down that shouldn't be down. But I think where you fall into this thing is where it's like, okay, well, let's put some people that are pretty sure aren't going to be posting inappropriate content on these lists. And then suddenly these lists blow out. You don't know why they're there. They're including a whole heap of people. And suddenly it feels like there's a special treatment list. And I think that's where the issue lies. Yeah, I think it's it's always very, like, don't be wrong, obviously not something that should happen, but it's always very interesting when you get these super large companies with data breaches of this size or leaks of this size, whatever it is, because I think a lot of the time we see companies that are that big and that that size, you know, Facebook, Google, Twitch, YouTube, all those kind of things. And don't get me wrong, I know people always talk a lot about how dodgy they are, but I think we do assume that it's structured dodginess, that it's like that they that regardless, you know, like surely something that big must operate in a super logical, well put together way with incredible systems. Yeah. And a lot of the time when these leaks come out, you're just like, oh my God, this is a mess. Yeah. Like, and it's almost scarier to me that like, because don't worry, there's a lot of conversation around like data and like abuse of, you know, how much they control and all that kind of thing. It's almost scarier knowing that the people who have all our data are this disorganized with it. Like they don't even have like yeah. proper internal systems around security or banning yeah. or anything like that, let alone what malicious world domination plans they might have. It's like, uh, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think it makes people feel like about sharing their data with Twitch? Yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point people are just, they, like, I, I feel like people talk a lot about how they care. I, I don't think that at this, I think at this point, every you you can't not engage in yeah. digital online society. So I think it's just kind of one of those like, oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Anyway, I'm going to sign up now. Yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, maybe with like really intense details, um, people might be slightly more concerned. But honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in the minority, but I'm like, I just don't care. I'm like, I'm not that interesting. Yeah. Oh, good. You know where I had dinner last week. Cool. Maybe now you're going to show me an ad for a restaurant that is near there. I hmm. also don't care. Maybe I'll like the restaurant. Maybe I'll like the restaurant. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you're going to put an ad there regardless. It's either going to be for dishwasher yeah. soap or a local ad. I, yeah. I don't. I honestly just don't care. I'm, Isn't that so funny? People complain about targeted advertising all the time. I'm like, I love targeted advertising. Yeah, I probably prefer to see. I feel like see, I genuinely get recommended a lot of stuff that I'm like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I'd probably prefer to see something I care about than something I don't. And I'm yeah. like, I get it. You made more money because of that as well. But like, I don't know, man. I just don't care. I just don't care. I mean, like, it, look, maybe if I was some like, if I was like a politician, like an opposition politician in Russia and you know, I was in a scenario where people could genuinely use a lot of that data to polit- for politically motivated purposes or something like that. I don't know. Then maybe I care. I'm not. I'm a guy who plays video games in Australia yeah. and occasionally likes to go out and have dinner. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. If I, if I am a... I'm not that complicated. If I am a chess piece <laughs> in Google's master plan, then that's cool. I don't have that many skeletons in the closet. That's more value than I assign myself. Yeah. If, if somehow <laughs> knowing that I Dude. went... If someone... If, if Google somehow knowing that I went 
to a, a French restaurant on Friday is going to help their plans for world domination. That's cool. I'm part of the story. <laughs> I'm part of the narrative. All right. I think on that note, that's a good place to leave it. Let us know what you guys think about the leak, about Valkyrie's skincare line below, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.